live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Crypto Gaming Institute Podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and today we get to speak with Dave vs. Axie. What's going on, man? How you doing today? I'm doing well. How you doing? Thank you for this the kind intro. That was a great intro. Well, you know, the intro's got to match the energy of the guests. So, you know, you're the man. Love everything that you're doing out there in the world. Um, dude, tell us about yourself. What's your story? Yeah, so... Um... Kind of a unique story as to how I got into this space. Um, I've always been a gamer. Um, you know, ever since my first game console was like a Sega 3, I think, like way back when. Um, so always been a gamer and always um, I've always called myself the better than average but never elite gamer. Um, so I definitely wasn't in bronze or iron or if I was there, I wasn't there for long whenever I picked up a new game. Uh, but quickly after I started to climb up, you know, I was always in the gold or like slightly above gold level. And so I've always wanted to get into streaming and content and I love public speaking and I'm not really uncomfortable in that environment, um, but never really found my niche. And so um, fast forward now, I'm 30 years old and I had a finance degree that I really never used after college. I went more into kind of the sales and management side. Um and I was had a good year in COVID with stocks, led to crypto back in the early part of 2021. And I happened to find Axie. And Axie just had, um, you know, they had big news from Flying Falcon. That's who I give credit to onboarding me into the Axie space. Um, they had just spent, I think, $1.2 million on nine connected Genesis plots. And so I was new to the whole NFT metaverse side. And uh, when I heard that they... Uh, I spent $1.2 million. I said, I don't really care how rich you are to spend that much um, on land. It's just kind of insane to me. Um, especially, I was like, oh, maybe you can play on it, like kind of Call of Duty and Fortnite were still popular. So I was like, let's go check it out. And so sure enough, I go check it out. You can't use the land yet. It's just literally an NFT in your Ronin wallet. And I was like, these guys are nuts or they know something I don't know. So I read the whole white paper and I decided, all right, they know more than I know. I'm leaning in. And so I bought my first team back in Feb, right around this time, almost my one year anniversary in the Axie and bought my first team and kind of the rest is history. Quickly started buying another 20 Axies because my team wasn't good enough and I wanted to buy a bird and I wanted a bug and all these other things. Um, and I went to go watch um, YouTube and Twitch and there wasn't a ton of content, especially on Twitch. And that's where I learned a lot of new games and I always go watch there first. And so I was like, you know what? Like I have the gaming computer. I just need to get a grab a camera. So I grabbed the camera and just started streaming. And uh, between that and starting my Twitter profile and talking about Axie a lot, everything just ballooned from there. Um, it's been a wild ride. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely been a, been a crazy one year journey. Wait, so let's, let's dig into this because you now, as of the recording of this have like, almost 50,000 followers on Twitter and you did that in a year. Like that's amazing. <laughs> and, you. and to go like to build that quickly, like you're totally doing something right. What do you think was the thing or the things uh, that really set you apart? Like, did you, were you streaming daily and just, you know, you had a charismatic style or did you do some sort of special marketing or like, how did you go from, oh, I want to lean into this idea to then, okay, now you have a, a pretty substantial platform with a, a really awesome community? Sure. Um, and and, and to, to, to add that too, it is actually a brand new Twitter account, like my real life Twitter account. I probably hadn't touched in 10 years. So um, you can probably find me on Twitter, but I'm not going to respond because I never check it. 
but I realized that the only places that really everything was was between Twitter and Discord. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll make the Twitter and just engage with Axie there because it seemed that there was a lot of news at least popping up there. Um, and I got really fortunate. I'd say, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I think a lot of new streamers, because um, again, I followed a ton of Twitch going into it. So I knew what I liked and what I didn't like. Actually, an homage to my name, Dave vs. Axie, came from Man vs. Game. So I don't know if you've ever watched him on Twitch. He's been around forever. Like, for as long as I've known Twitch, I've known Man vs. Game. He's popular. He's definitely not like a, a FaZe Clan member or Dr. Disrespect where he's, you know, tens of thousands of viewers every time. But he probably has a thousand viewers. Uh, but he just has this funny, quirky style about him. He's not like, you know, Mr. Persona, you know, NFL guy that or, or you know, know quarterback of the high school football team kind of guy he's just this guy that like loves video games and he in in one of his streams he did kingdom hearts that just i died because i loved kingdom hearts and his first time playing it and it was one of the funniest like two weeks of streaming i'd ever watched period it still is to this day like by far one if you can go back i don't know if he still has them um i'll have to reach out to him sometime i have i've never talked to him before either uh but his 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 kingdom hearts thing really sold me on what twitch could be um and so, yeah, in the community, for me, what was the most troubling thing is you went in the Discord and they had really nice people saying like, hey, yeah, this is what you have to do. But it was kind of cold. It was like, all right, I got to go drop $800 on a video game I've never played. No one's streaming, yet there's somehow 27,000 people playing it. And I'm going to say this is going to work out to like my benefit because I'm going to earn a token that I've never also seen, traded, done, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of like, the first thing that I was like, all right, I didn't get it, but without the Flying Falcon purchase, I don't know if I go into it because the white paper was good, but I still didn't quite get it. And then once I started playing, I immediately got it. And, and if you played Hearthstone, if you played poker, um, chess, anything like that, you definitely will get the game pretty quickly in its current form. I think B3 will be quite different. Uh, but for me, what I took the approach on was I went heavily into the management side. And so on all my streams, I tried to encourage like, hey, come into the stream, ask me what you want to ask before you go spend a thousand dollars and prices start to go up or before you go make your first scholarship or you buy your first team to just play for yourself. And so I really appealed to the people that had money um, to try to help give them knowledge. Cause that's all I wanted to give was ideally semi opinion, but really just like answer your true factual, like what's the facts on the project um, to help you out. And that's kind of parlayed to, you know, everything I've done within Twitter or Twitch or YouTube and trying to help those people not necessarily make financial or, or investment decisions, but um, make smart decisions with how they want to utilize their money to have entertainment. That's fascinating. So you really found a niche in almost bridging people from, I think this could be an interesting thing for me. I may have some cash. I want to get into it, or I may have some time that I want to get into it. And how do I then actually think through and make a good decision? Like what things I need to be thinking about. They come to you and they're like, aha, you can help me understand the things I need to understand in order to then make a good decision to enter or not enter the ecosystem. hundred percent. And it's funny too. It starts out so early where initially, you know, it was, it was funny. I started streaming when there was only one other streamer that was consistent every day. His name was JB Music. He still does it. And he's actually one of the top Axie players. He doesn't get enough credit in tournaments because he doesn't play a lot of tournaments. But on the leaderboard, he plays a ton, and he's usually in the top 200, um, even to today. And so shout out to him because he was one of the first people that rated me. And he had like seven viewers, and I, I had like two. And so I was like, oh, my God, we're getting seven viewers. We have 10 viewers now. This is 
the most mind blowing thing ever. Um, and if you've ever tried to stream a game on Twitch or post a YouTube video of any game, you know, to even get 10 views of anything is insane in the world with how much content there is out there. And especially in Twitch, we have to like, you have to watch live. And so I kind of had the benefit where there was just no one else doing it. And then shortly after me, Bryce came on and then um, there was a bunch of others that kind of flooded in. And Bryce and I were kind of like the exact same time. Like he was maybe a week behind me. And so him and I got to have a really good dialogue. We both joined CTG early on um, and got to kind of understand what each other was about. And he went heavy because if you've met or talked to Bryce, super entertaining guy. And like, I'm not, I'm charismatic to it, to it, to a point. I mean, Bryce is charismatic to a fault. Like that guy is, um, he's insane. And I met him in person and we've had a lot of conversations now, but back in the day, I was like, I don't understand how this guy is so positive. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you on some type of drug or are you just like, is your life just that great? And he's told some more story that, you know, like he's had his own struggles and like trying to succeed in, in the world. And, um, and so, yeah, so like, I think it was him and me kicking it off. And then Elijah was starting to spike in YouTube and Cuckoo was on YouTube too. And I think really those four were kind of the initial pillars that started to get everyone else into it. And then if you were interested in streaming, you found Axie pretty early on. Cause you're like, Oh, there's not many viewers, but it's growing. Let's jump in there and start to get some viewers. And the ones that really stuck with it, you know, kind of got this um, semi-cultish, but just kind of this following. And beyond that, too, is also kind of that rush, too, where you could also get a lot of scholar followings because they were looking for a scholarship. So um, not to necessarily take advantage of that, but you had a lot of opportunities to grow because people were seeking out, like, it was almost like you you had gold and no one else had access to gold. And, like, I just want a piece of gold. How can I get, how can I even touch it? Um, and that was kind of how like the euphoria was from like March to December of last year. It was insane. That's amazing. So it seems like you were really early on, you played it right. You stayed consistent, you found your niche and you just built up this platform at this point. Has your thesis changed at all? Have you, have you decided to go any sort of different route as far as like branching out to different games or thinking about trying to take any other approach or like do any like angel investing or anything like that? Or is your core thesis still the same and you're just going to keep going at it and keep, you know, rinse and repeat what's been working this far? No, great question. So I'm actually trying to find, um, now my voice, I'm trying to find my true passion to how I want to evolve going forward. Um, I, I've worked in a few different fields through since I've graduated college and um, they've been similar, but I've gotten exposure into like merchandising and uh, marketing and management and sales. And um, it's been it's been kind of a wild ride in that world that I've been in. But every time it's been like, hey, I want to see what that's like. And if it's great, I'll stay. If not, I'll go back to something I liked more or I'll try something else new, but trying to like level up in the same in the same way it's kind of the same challenge i'm having right now within web 3.0 and nfts is like what do i actually want to do like i never thought <laughs> coming into this i'd ever be a content creator and the amount of people that have called me a content creator is mind-blowing like um uh, i still don't really view myself that way and uh it, it's, it's humbling in a lot of in a lot of scenarios for me because um uh, i don't say i wouldn't say i necessarily ever wanted to be that um, it just, I wanted to help people. So they had a little bit of information to make an informed decision and grow from there. And so what I've done recently, um, was try to help that in Axie because I saw a problem. Like personally, I've, I've talked to Jeff now several times during Jiho. Um, and I was just like, Hey, like you need to get ahead of some of these things. Like community sentiment is down for this, this, this reason. It won't take a lot to improve it. Just, you need to have an honest conversation around 
what the heck's happening and what's going to happen in a 30, 60, 90 day kind of cadence. And so we had a great first AMA and that was kind of the big spark to him and I having a better um, relationship and dialogue. And we've now done two of those. Um, and I realized, and, and I realized for that, cause I've also interviewed, I used to hire people a lot ton and they said, Hey, you have great interview skills, like do more. You ask really probing questions, but they don't come off as like attacking. And so, um, trusting the community's feedback, I was like, all right, I'll do more of these. And I've gotten now to do, I got to do Gabby from YDG and I just did, um, Aaron from crypto unicorns and I've, I've received kind of similar feedback, which feels good. Cause I just then know. Um, I don't like to waste time. I'm also very much like a, a doer and an executor, as a lot of people call it. Um, and so I hate when I waste my time or other people's time. So the fact that everyone's like, hey, I found great value out of that AMA interview, whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm spending my time to provide value to a community or to people. Um, I want to continue to do that. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going from here, I think, is to, to help support that. Um, but yeah, try to find my next niche, whether it be um, consulting within this space uh, or continuing on content. Um, I've also thought about doing, you know, maybe like as because I see probably one to two years on the road, uh, maybe by the end of this year, but probably next year, you're going to see, uh, I'm going to call it maybe one a week, you might see a new game come out um, on average. So you might have one week with three and one with none. But on average, one week, one new game a week come out next year uh, within nfts and crypto and so i was thinking hey like well what if i kind of become the ign specialist of play to earn gaming like give a whole you know holistically honest perspective uh maybe even also opportune at the end like do a five ten minute interview with uh the founders to just get their feedback and ask some insightful questions after say testing the game for a week or two so i thought about like just different things like that a ways to provide utility to the community um and kind of help them all make informed decisions because the biggest thing i hate right now in the space and I kind of pivoted in August, September last year because I had so all my equity of crypto was an Axie, like all of it. And it was significant gains for me too. So I was like, all right, like knowing from stocks and what I was doing there before, I was like, I need to diversify, at least just try other things. Even if I fail at it, at least just try. So I went into kind of the PFP, NFT hysteria on ETH mainnet. And now I've touched like Solana and Polygon a little bit too. And so that was really good growth. But the, the, the biggest thing is I started to look at the whole picture was how many um, influencers are promoting things without actually calling it out and calling it an advertisement. I realized how many things were done backdoor. And that what I mean by that is, um, even within the play to earn space, there is, I guarantee, a lot of, of creators in different ways, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, whatever, that are taking money that you're not seeing because they're getting paid USD, not crypto. And I think people started to realize that, especially in the play to earn space, your wallet's very open your bank is not and so it's kind of funny it's like almost taking the the mission of like decentralized but hey okay we want this little shell company it's called the u.s government and like the centralized banks we're gonna hide our money there which is to me the most mind-boggling switch that we've now made in kind of this space but um you need to be careful around that and a lot of people now are starting to call it like know really really feel like you know who your influencer is and decide then if you actually want to allow them to influence your decisions which to me is just a great thought and so for me i'm trying to be a trusted source and if i say hey i'm buying this or i like this try and always put in there hey don't just follow this here's my target mission at current knowledge i'm going to go three to six months might be longer might be a little shorter it's going to be hard to always update every day on my mindset into this one project when i own 20. Um, but I'm trying to become kind of that creator that can be trusted, not to a fault, 
but trusted with just, all right, he's doing something and he's letting us know, but he also believes in it wholeheartedly. That's why he's putting it on, you know, that in a 40,000 Twitter feed, something like that. So that's kind of how I think I'm evolving in the space right now. It almost sounds like there's a podcast or some sort of media arm like that in your future. Cause I mean, breaking down project by project, that sounds to me like a show having some sort of interview that sounds like a show. I mean, it's, it definitely seems like there's, there's some podcasting there, at least maybe some, some merit to that idea, but I completely agree with you on the craziness regarding the lack of real transparency in crypto. Like there are so many things that the average retail investor or person or participant has no ideas going on like there's so like there are definitely groups of vcs that are passing deals that are pumping things that then reach out to what they call kols or key um like like key leaders and key opinion leaders and like people are shilling their bags non freaking stop like it happens for yeah. sure no and it's and it's uh and it's kind of one of those things too because um there's a very weird dysteria around um i don't want to call influencers but like I, i'm going to call them influencers in the way that if i have 40,000 followers but i say something bad about someone that has 100,000 followers now i'm fudding them not trying to help everyone holistically be like, Hey, this person is just trying to rug you. Like they're just, they're just shilling bags. They're getting paid to do that. They might even have a kickback on their project or they're just launching their own project that doesn't really add up in my head as to how they're doing it. And like, are you going back to check the contract of how much are they putting into their own bank versus just saving for the community or a DAO or whatever else they're doing? Um, so it's so I've, I've and I've tried to because I've been someone um, that people have liked in the past being very direct, like calling out things. Like a friend of mine now is I'd call him a friend is Max Brand, but Max Brand was one who we used a script to breed the millionth Axie. Immediately in the moment, I called him out like this is this is BS. Like that should be banned, and like there should be a whole new clarification around scripting when breeding. Um, and they actually did make a lot of change around that. It got banned for one year. It's about to be unbanned, which is great um, because I'm now going to learn Max and, and how it all came to be. But at the time, I was like, this is a problem. Um, and I would wonder too, like, I wonder if that would have been a bigger entity, how that would have changed the perception onto me, you know, because Max Brand was like, everyone knew he's a big coder and Axie and help in the space, but people didn't really know him if you were just on Twitter. Um, and I wonder if I had called out a bigger person who was there already, um, like an actually GG, if it was something like that, I don't know who it would have been, but cause there wasn't many big people. But if I did, if all of a sudden I would be like, oh, you're just a liar. You're just someone creating fun. And like, um, so yeah, it's kind of that weird dynamic too, where you don't want to be Mr. Negative, but you do want to try to help guide people, um, to like not follow certain key people. Like I was one early on saying, don't follow Beanie. And there was a few things that triggered me to it. And versus making this whole write-up where it might hurt my brand. And like, again, I was, I was a play to earn guy, but I just started checking in what he was doing. And I was like, this makes no sense. Um, and then this guy's going to profit to all to, to, to the, to the moon. And I didn't even know how to read ether contracts at the time. And now I'm way more advanced on that side, but still, I just had this weird red flag. I was like, yeah, I blocked him. And I just, just removed him from my uh, feed 
never really talked about it too publicly except for some friends privately uh and it helped them but again like i wonder if i had been more public like would it have helped more people would it have changed the persona so there's always this weird dynamic of um you know how do you grow your brand in a positive way but also actually try to help people because i didn't know him i couldn't prove a hundred percent like this guy's gonna rug you at some point he's a bad actor in the space it was just a feel between like the blue and between like some of the stuff he did with the punks and the punk comics and just how he was overtly involved and it seemed like he was shilling bags and then he, he made some fun against like board Yacht club to cool cats and toads and it was just this weird thing. It was like semi-trolly, but you could tell he had bags and things too. And that was the easy thing to check on uh, Etherscan, like in wallets. Um, so yeah, so it's just like a, a very fine line to walk uh, of trying to help, but also not hurt yourself in the process. I was literally about to say that. It's a very fine line. But I think there is the ability to be, to like to 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 draw that line on okay, if there are people that are relying on me for information or they come to me because they know that I'm doing my very best to do research, to learn, and to then pass on what I'm learning, to me, those are the people that should be number one. Like the people that listen, for example, listen to the show. Like I want to bring on really quality people that are value added to the people that share their time with us on the show and to me like like those those people are number one everybody watching and listening like y'all are number one for me and so yeah if something is happening that i'm like wait a second this doesn't like this doesn't make sense there's obviously going too far would be like this person's evil and you know like like going for a personal attack like i don't think there's any need for that but being like hey these are the facts this is what I know for sure. And based on that, this is my opinion. I know I'm going to be biased, but I'm going to try to be as unbiased and professional as possible. Hear the facts as I see them, knowing that I'm just a person and I could be wrong too. Like maybe that's the approach of just trying to go for as high integrity as possible and triangulating between like integrity, facts, and then taking care of the people that really matter and knowing who is really the no, the number one um, group of people that you're looking out for. I don't know. Yeah. That. No, I mean, and, and that's, and that's, uh, that's, that's a hard one for sure. And a lot of it is for me, like at the time, and it still is today, like it is about the vibes and how I perceive that they write things. And I'm, I'm, I would say that's one of my strengths. There's two strengths I have. I think it's partially reading people and their intent. And then it's partially um, problem solving. And so those two are the things that I just happen to be good at. Can't really extrapolate beyond that, but that's what I'm good at in any scenario. Um, and so that was the vibes I got from Beanie. There's others right now in the space. If you want to DM me or have a call, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to say it. I don't really want to do it publicly because, again, I think you're right. If you have the facts, like NFT ethics right now, I love them. They're they're great. They expose so many good things. And they're things that I have feels on. But it's, again, I, don't, I didn't do all that research. Or I don't have the knowledge as to how to do that research to prove it. But they are, and they're inquiring. Or I don't have the time necessarily. But for individual influencers, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I don't want to be the person that's calling out the person that has 100,000 followers. But, like, if I know or I have a really strong feeling why things are not looking good, I'll let you know privately. So if you do have that, happy to happy to let you know who those um, actors are. But um, I will say around that, too, kind of around that influence, like, two things happened recently. One is I started talking about this project called Quirkies. And 
Um, it's it's blown up way more than I thought it would. And I and I actually found out like I had like I think 30 people um for that followed me buy in just because I tweeted about it. And to me, that was like a huge red flag. I was like, all right, this is actually a learning curve. Like I am bullish on the project. I am holding for a while, but like don't ever do that. And I need to now change and now I'm actually gonna use that information to hopefully then go make more videos in the future to be like, I did this, I'm still happy I did it, but like I had too many people just take the information and run with it. I'm not that big of an influence that I can like move markets. Please don't do that. Do that again, kind of thing. Um, and the second thing was I did an interview with um, um, Aaron, who's the founder of Laguna Games and Crypto Unicorns. And at the beginning of it, I said, I said, "Hey, I'm doing this interview. I haven't reached out from Axie yet to do a non-Axie video on my spaces or, or or YouTube or Twitch. This is my first one. I'm doing it for two reasons. One, I've read the white paper in depth. I believe in the white paper if they can execute." Um, and, and so I'm having the space with Aaron to confirm my conviction and make sure I'm confident in the future. However, I own two unicorns. I own a mythic and I bought land. Like, so I laid all those things out. I had several people DM me being like, Hey, I've never seen someone do that. I'm so happy you did. Cause like, we wish everyone would do that. Let's just let us know. Are you already investor? Or is like this the last step to decide if you're going to invest or invest further? And are you going to, are you planning to sell soon too? Like, they loved it. And I didn't even think about it. It wasn't a, a question of whether I was or wasn't. It was just what I was going to do. And so I was surprised to find out that, um, you know, people had immediately recognized that as like such a difference compared to other people in the space. And and I felt good about it too. Cause like, that is what I think we need more of, um, especially as we start to get to the anons and wallets and banks. And there's going to be a lot more fluidity in that. That's going to be hard to track. Or you saw the whole looks where tornado cash thing, like, there's, there's other ways to hide money and what they're actually doing it that they can come out and say, Hey, we're you, we did that, but we're going to, we're doing that because of this versus the reality of what's actually the money being used for. Absolutely. And maybe one of the lessons we can learn from this, and then I do want to uh, move on and talk about a couple other things is to be, I'm trying to think of the right word, be transparent. Like if you, if you know that people listen to you and you know that you have you do have influence over how people make decisions and whether or not they're going to part with their hard-earned units of currency, whichever ones that they transact in. Then just let them know if you're biased and how and and then people can make their own decisions. But on the flip side, not but also on the flip side, if you're somebody that is making all of their investment decisions based on what random people on YouTube or the, or Twitch or the internet or like Twitter are saying, then at some point, like shame on you because you're not doing any sort of research beyond, Oh, well this Twitter account said that it was good. So it must be good. Like if you're basing your whole investment decision and thesis on that, like maybe double check what's going on with you and why you're doing that instead of just digging even like five minutes more into that before you pull the trigger on something. Right. And, and it's, you know what I kind of attribute it to, I don't know how much you follow the stock market, but um, all of these banks, um, they have advisors or um, analyzers that do analysis on key companies. They might only have like five companies they analyze in a year. And then they put a, 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 a an evaluation on it. It's a buy, hold or sell. And it's funny because just one key bank with one key advisor and an analysis guy can come on and be like, hey, it's now a sell. We're down at 63 from 70. 
And the market's like, oh, shoot, we're 63 now. Let's, we got to sell down at 63. And, and it's crazy because we don't talk about that as like an actual influencer. And you also don't know from disclosures, do they have options on that trade? Do they have, are they shorting the stock? Like there's so many other things. Like what are they doing before that disclosure and the, and the whole analysis process? Because like if he's halfway through his analysis, like, yeah, it's looking like a sell. And he signals that to his, his bank uh, or his investment vehicle. And they all of a sudden go and act on that like, Almost every time any major bank does one full analysis and recreates their buy, hold, sell, it moves the market. And to me, that is insane. And it's funny because the exact same thing is happening within Web3 and NFTs. Um, and I wish it was better because we can be better. It's not that hard to actually disclose when you trade or how you trade um, and, and move more you know, in an ethical way. For sure. For sure. So as, as influencers... Let's suck less as uh, people who get influenced. Let's research more and we'll all be happier and wealthier at the end of the day. And uh, we'll, we'll have a better a better market, more sustainable industry as crypto because we are literally all in this together. It's so small of an asset class right now. We're still so early. These things all do matter. So let's take care of our own here and, uh, and protect each other because that's what matters. Okay, let's move on. I love that you came from a background of finance and you did a bunch of different things sales management marketing content creation and now you've kind of gotten into this whole play and earn space and then now you're like okay well i've kind of dabbled in a few things but i'm not quite sure what my passion is because that resonates with me literally so hard i mean if you look at my linkedin like i've done a trillion and one things and i'm you know i love crypto gaming to the point where like i really truly believe it is my passion of like the space but whatever i'm doing within the space that's still you know i'm still not entirely sure there's so many different things i'm doing right now like i don't know and i'm open to exploring how do you think if you could go back would you have done things any differently like would you have chosen one specific thing and been like okay i'm going all in on this one industry one skill and i'm going to be the master of that or would you have gone back and done the same thing just because of all the experiences and everything that's led you to like how do you think about that and would you have done anything differently that's a great question so um the funniest thing is there's a, a dear friend of mine, a friend of mine now, uh, Rich Cabrera, who is ready. He's ready player rich on Twitter. Um, he started ready player Dow. Um, he is one who he was pretty influential on me. And apparently I was influential on him. So he learned how to do scholarships, Axie, Roan and all that from my YouTube videos, which I'm like, okay, I was so early. I'm making YouTube videos that you're watching. Um, that makes me feel good. That like, I was able to help you. Rich turned my video that he learned off of into Ready Player DAO that started with a $5 million DAO of Ethereum. I'd have not, by the way, I've, I've nowhere touched a million dollars worth of Ethereum thus far. Um, I'd say I'm close in total assets, just to give you a sense. That's grown massively from what I began at, but like, we're not talking like I raised a million or $2 million. Uh and so to me on that, and then Rich has a really interesting background that he's very well suited to have done that. And that's, that's fantastic. How he did it though, is the most fascinating to me. Cause I was bigger than him on Twitter at the time too. And a little more engaged in the actual community. He just put it out in the ethos. 
And I was like, and I, and how it all started was crazy. Like he just put out there like, Hey, I'm thinking about kind of running a guild DAO for Axie. Don't know. I know the Axie side. Don't know entirely the DAO financial side. If anyone wants to help me, let me know. I mean, the A-list clients that were knocking on his Twitter with like 2000 followers blew my mind. And I'm not going to name drop here. Obviously, well, you know, Ready Player DAO is G-Money. Uh, but there's other ones in there too that are, that are massive names in Ready Player Down, others that just didn't sign or didn't work out, but still reached out to him. Mind blowing. And so the biggest change from my side, I thought about sending that tweet at least a hundred times. And I never did because I think I didn't want to, for me, I'm kind of a perfectionist, I think. And I didn't want to be the person that's just like sending it out. I get one like. And then it's kind of like, it's almost like you shoot your dream shot and it fails. And I think I've lived a decent amount of my life like that to not take those crazy one in a million shots um, that I'm starting to now. And some things that that's kind of my goal in 2022 is like, all right, we're taking some serious shots. Like if we fail, we fail, but like we're going for the moon. Um, and so I've learned a lot from that, but that to give me that kind of um, drive to do that was rich. And so kudos to him. And then I think it was him paired with like Bryce. Bryce was someone who, I followed him early on. We were about the kind of the same size. He went on the watch to earn and I went on kind of watched. I, I called my watch to learn. We were kind of like dueling channels. Uh, but what was funny is he just, he, he always had this super positive mentality. Like I'm talking this into existence. I'm going to talk to 100 thieves. I'm going to do this. And damn, like I, I, I'm not going to lie at certain points. I was like, dude, this guy's crazy. Like there's no way this is happening. And almost everything that that guy puts out into the ethos happens. And it is, it is a and, I, and I'm a very positive thinker. I try to try to focus on that mindset of like thinking positive and don't 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 fudge yourself kind of mentality. But sheesh, he is he's another one that's kind of like also inspired me in a lot of ways too. Even though that I'm friends with him as well recently uh, or throughout the last year, um, to be like, all right, I think we just need to start like doing this. And so I've started to do that more and more, and I'm engaging more with Axia, like reaching out to Geo to the AMA or to do um, kind of my Medium article on SLP and. Um, will give me the, the courage to start the other things too, whether it be the, you know, game reviews or starting to like put out the, like, um, uh, something I can say here too. Like I'm working on trying to figure out my best entrance into web three NFT. So if there's a company out there, if you're interested, you've seen my background, you've seen my content, you've seen, um, maybe the way I invest in the NFTs. If you're interested in talking, your, my DMS are open. Um, and so I've had some interesting things like that pop up too. Um, but I'd love to, you know, kind of continue to explore that. And I'd say that the two things I would do different would be one is put stuff out there that you actually want to have happen. It, it, Twitter is such a weird space. If you can use hashtags, right. And say what you want to say, and you have at least, you know, a thousand followers, I'd say it's probably even enough just to like, just so you didn't create your account two days ago. Um, and you've been engaging in the community. Uh, I would say like put stuff out there that you actually want to do and, more often than not, you're going to find some people that actually want to help you. They might not be the right fit. So be be critical of them at times, but try it. The second thing is I would have approached play to earn gaming a little more analytical because I, I, I bought an AXS pretty early at three, four bucks. I put a good amount in there. I had easily a lot more I could have put in there at the beginning. I was um, glossy eyes to the game because I'm a gamer. And I was like, I need land. I need a frosty. I need 50 axes. And I didn't have scholars at the time either pre-rona, but I went into all those things kind of like, while well, we're still on ETH mainnet. 
Uh, and I was I was too blurry vision to what I enjoyed versus the smartest financial economic decision. And so I actually have changed that in the future games. Like, all right, I, I'm going to buy in. I still want to play the game. I still want to engage because I think in order to invest and to play to earn, honestly, my best thesis is you have to play the game. And if you don't know what the game's like, how can you really know what you're investing into at that time? Like having seen Axie now for a whole year, the price of AXS right now is not surprising at all. Like I'm not surprised where it ran up to. I'm not surprised where it is now. I personally have a thesis as to where it's going to run in the future uh, based off of what I think they're going to build in their roadmap in V3 and land. But I'm not surprised with where it's settled out at. And so I think for other future games too, like I would say, okay, I'm going to buy a fixed amount of assets, a small amount. I want to play the game, test the game, but I'd rather be on the governance DAO side because the upside there, if executed, is a lot greater, especially if they are going to have things like staking um, or just you know voting into the actual ecosystem earlier maybe than later. Um, and just kind of the upside there from a management side, especially seeing how scholars worked out in Axie, which I have a good amount of those, uh, to what the future could be. I think that playing that game is going to be probably the better decision in most ecosystems. If you're looking to just ROI um, beyond just like being a true DGen gamer, and I pass advice to to Axie, and, and I've I've gone like, and the best thing is we're all pretty honest in the community. I've had like ten people disagree with me on this theory, but I said like, if you want me as an investor to just play the game to be the best player in the game, there needs to be twenty energy as your twenty games in ranked period. It can't be that you can grind ranked all day every day. And they're like, well, no, that's just how games are. Like, if you want to, if you want to do it, you play ten hours. And everything like, everyone's like yelling at me. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, like, okay, I got it. Like, I'm in the wrong here because of how all the past games are. But I'm telling you, if you want people with the money that are going to play your game for two hours a day or even one hour a day, it has to be like, if I want to be the best and have the best return on, you know, the the AXS prize at the end of the season or whatever future esports are going to look like, I don't have two hours as a 30 year old with a dad and maybe a full-time job that wants to go into games like but i could still be one of the best players potentially in whatever that game is shooter rpg mmo whatever card game and so that's kind of the interesting thing around that too that um i don't know how we're going to get there i still think it could be really cool in certain circumstances maybe have two ladders to show okay here's the only 20 energy the best you're basically showing the best win rate and playing every day versus who has the most time because usually the people that have the most time to play video games are the ages of 13 to like 28. And that's just the demographic. And so it's going to be hard to find the 45-year-old dad with two 13-year-olds that are or two teenagers that's going to be like with a nine to five that's like, yeah, I'm going to go spend four hours a day grinding out a game. Um, anyways, I kind of got all off topic. but Well, okay. I actually think you're onto something there because if you think back to World of Warcraft, and the, um, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Tony Dean. What up, what up, what up? Uh, he's in the chat here. Um, thanks for, thanks for tuning in live, buddy. Um, but, uh, if you think back to the days of World of Warcraft and their arena system, you could play a certain number of ranked arena games, and then that would like reset every week. And so they definitely catered to the group that you're talking about of, not being able to just spam games day in and day out and like you know just spam your way to the top because you can outplay everybody else so maybe there's some system like that that's necessary but so okay so i'm curious then of those big shots that you know you're starting to think about you want to take clearly you know as an investor 
as a gamer, as a content creator, like you're definitely in the space. Like, like when you say go big, like, are you talking about building your own project or like building a bigger brand? I mean, it seems to me like you're already doing a ton. Like what's the dream for going bigger? What does that actually look like at its logical conclusion? That's a great question. So, um, my my thesis or what I'm what I'm trying to pursue is like a it would be to help some other company. So there's a there's a few pillars. One would be to go into consulting. So I consult multiple and become an advisor to several key projects to help them accelerate. And my analysis would be on a couple of things like community sentiment versus game performance, um, roadmap, tokenomics, um, actual game dev design, and how it's all going to flow out over say a six month to three year time span. Um, so that that's kind of one route. The other route would be go big into a, a newer game um, or join someone like, you know, that's maybe someone established and help them on whatever I, they think I can help with. Um, I have, I, I would say I'm, I'm kind of in that weird middle ground of um, I'm really good at a lot of things and I have a lot of exposure to a ton of things and I'm probably advanced in most, but I'm not an expert in anything, um, which has its, it's really good in a startup environment and an entrepreneurial environment. It can be bad when they're trying to hire the absolute best, whatever, social media coordinator. Like I'm not, I've been using Twitter again for a year, haven't used it in 10 years. I'm not the person that's like, I know how every algorithm works on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook kind of guy. Um, and so I find that kind of can be a detrimental thing, but it's really nice in this space because we're still in the entrepreneurial startup. So potentially going to join one of those in some capacity where, you know, I'm helping in all fronts because I have a lot of experiences in a lot of different areas. Um, but actually what I'm working on right now, um, so my big kind of uh, project, I guess, is what you'd say that actually is happening is, is I'm currently starting a hedge fund. Um, and so I haven't really announced it um, publicly. I put it in my bio the other day. It's just called Kaidari Adventures. Um, and we're going to primarily focus around NFTs, um, play to, rare assets and play to earn games and then DeFi yield farming. But 60, 65 percent is going to be focused on the NFT side. Um, kind of betting on what that's going to look like in a metaverse future, um, either from the actual value behind that art, you know, the art piece of the asset in the collection, um, or kind of the utility that's going to be provided by that to you. Um, almost like if you buy a Ferrari to get into a Ferrari club, like your Ferrari might appreciate, might just hold this value, but you get to go hang out with all the other Ferrari dealers that are all making the rest of the moves in the rest of the space, which is kind of how I think NFTs, especially higher end ones are going to pan out to be. Like I've heard the Ether Rock one is kind of nuts because there's like a hundred of them and they're all multi-million dollars listed that it's just these whales of crypto that have been around for so long that own these stupid Ether Rocks. But uh, apparently they've all done quite well because they've been in crypto for five years. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of actually what's happening. So that's launching in the next two to three months, which is really my big, um, what I would say, long-term bet. But I'd love to help too. Like I've talked to... Um, this guy is starting token proof, um, which is a really cool idea. So I was like, Hey, if you need help, let me know. Um, or some other kind of smaller gaming startups. I've talked to them and they thought about bringing me on as an advisor and it's just trying to find the right things that actually make the most amount of sense for me to invest. And so, um, but my kind of thesis too, is like, I want to see the future of it being successful. And that ties into everything. Like it's all in the analysis and doing your due diligence. Like how good are the founders? 
what are they going to be able to do that you can't do? And are they really good at that part? And maybe they're not an expert again, like how I'm not an expert in anything. I'm, a, I'm a, an advanced in a lot, but not an expert in anything. Are they the same way or are they expert in only a few things and you need to fill all those gaps? So you can also know how much time I can anticipate to be investing there too. You know, what's the funding look like? Um, what are they anticipating funding to look like? Um, how different are they from the space? Are they copycatting other things, just in different ecosystems, be it on Cardano or Solana or whatever? Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of lot of variables there too. So the fun is going to be my main priority um, to kind of, I think, hopefully remove me from nine to five and then uh, potentially then help in other ways or join something else kind of as a part-time or maybe even full-time too. Because the hedge fund, again, if you're going to NFTs, like I've owned my board ape now for seven months. Didn't have to do much other than just leave it on the wallet and just not list it for sale. So uh, yeah. That's amazing. And that's actually what I was thinking is like, as you're saying all the different things, you have so much experience in all the different pieces that like a hedge fund, when you invest in something like that's like consulting on steroids, because then you're even more vested and you're like, all right, now I want to help you because you're literally also like, I'm part of you now. We are, we are one in a way, you know, and from an investment standpoint, like that totally makes sense. And that's amazing. And I love the idea of focusing on the NFT side and then also having like your, in, but still your industry specific of within like play and earn, uh, play to earn space. Yeah, that's really exciting. Um, yeah, so a little bit of a pivot. I know we've had a lot of like the scholar focused models and I think that, and I have two other um, founders with me too. I don't want to out them yet. Um, it'll become public soon enough, but um, for that for that space too, like it will be a mixture of like kind of blue chip PFPs and maybe some one-on-one arts or generative art pieces on top of play to earn, but definitely utilizing our backgrounds in uh, the play to earn space to also take advantage and like understand true tokenomics and, almost act like a guild. We won't have the scholars because we're not planning to do scholarships, but um, you know, we'd be happy to own land or buy into origin assets or like founding horses in some of the games, like get in on that early stage, or maybe we even do manage it in some regards through scholars and stuff like that for a short period of time, but just to show the ROI and kind of help prove that game concept with like an early funding into a game that, okay, we've looked at everything. We've understood your, your concepts and what you're building can we invest or can we not? Um, and potentially even some BC funding there too, like to try to help out um, and grow the space too, because there's going to be so many new entrants that come in. Um, but everything here is going to have the same bubble like the internet, in my opinion. You're going to have one in every 10 actual, you know, crypto company that launches up will will succeed. The other nine will fail. Just the same with NFT projects. It's the same with play to earn games. Um, and so, yeah, so it'll be an interesting space to, to be a part of. But I think that, um, the experience that we've had and our successes we've had thus far individually will only um, become even bigger once we're all together. So uh, very excited to, to, to push that forward. That's amazing. Love to hear it. So uh, let's kind of scope out a little bit and talk about what you see. I know you just touched on it uh, very briefly in that last answer, but would love to understand more about what you see in the future regarding like where are we going crypto gaming wise nft gaming play to earn game five metaverse whatever it is we end up calling this crazy ridiculous thing we're we're building right now like where are we headed what's it going to look like and who are the biggest winners going to be when all is said and done 
Give me a time frame because I think that's going to change my answer depending on are you talking six months to 18 months or are you talking like two to five years, five to 10 years. So let's go, let, let's do it by, by those benchmarks of like okay. one year, two years, five years, 10 years. Cool. So one to two years. So let me, let me preface this. I actually see a problem right now in gaming a little bit um and just organizations a little bit because a lot of organizations are starting with this whole web3 community we're going to give you tokens we're going to have all the staking whatever it's brilliant and that's how web3 is going to be built and, and i'm super excited to see excuse me how all that plays out but um the problem around that is too if you only raise a certain amount early on you can only hire that many amount of people and so if you're a team of five that you all want to be paid, say six figures, to just you know a higher up middle class earning wage, and you're building a, 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 an impressive product. Maybe you go a little bit less than that, but say it's six figures, hundred k each for five people. Then you got to hire what? Maybe another five to ten people, ideally, to build out the game, website, maybe social media, whomever. Depending on which specialties you can't do because you need to be an expert in certain things, or blockchain, or solidity, or whatever it is, you have so few people. And if that's supposed to build out everything, especially on a play to earn game, man, I just don't see it. Like indie games are rarely built by three people. Let's just preface, let's just start there. Cause there's a lot of PFP projects like we're launching a game. That's great. How um, do you have a dev team that is actually a full functioning game studio that's going to build it for you? Or are you just like, we're going to figure it out. Um, and so not that you can't build a game with three people, but that usually takes like five to seven years. And I, frick ton of coding on three people to actually build that game out so i think that we're in a weird stage right now where a lot of these companies and kind of actually went through it too and they admitted it like we used to have like 12 people and now we have 100 well that's that's big but you can see it where it was four years ago and they're kind of talking about their birthday today from four years ago to today massively different and where they're going in v3 even bigger um i think we're going to run into this weird scenario right now where we're almost at indie game stage where we are there right now but we're not even at true indie game. It's kind of like this weird staking. They'll do stuff behind closed doors, randomly roll and generate results, and you have some outcome. We'll get to indie game next. I'm worried a lot of them just won't have enough funding to actually bring on the right amount of people they're going to need to be successful. Versus having all these game studios, they're going to have all these people that'll come in. And I wish, actually, I, th I was thinking about it today um, before I went to, to lunch, was specifically around gaming it actually wouldn't be a bad idea to say hey for the first three years or two years we're taking everything to us to grow this game or make it or we're doing a full raise of a hundred million dollars to actually do this or we're partnering with ubisoft or activision or whomever to make this thing come to fruit reality then we'll dow it out and we're going to do a 70 percent dow but it's going to be a longer term like it's going to be a three to seven year thing um because it, it's it's a it's a challenge like there's not many games that last three to seven years you know it's your league of legends it's your wows it's um you know there's a couple other gems in there too counter strikes maybe but like not many maybe call of duty even though it's a new thing every year it still is kind of the same game um there's just not many things that make it 10 years and a lot of and, and like you saw axie's roadmap be to 10 years which is such a different thought than what we've seen today with everyone's like yeah we got two years one year whatever it is um I think you need that longer term vision. Uh, so I think in the first two years, the actual best winners are going to be guilds because guilds are going to get exposure to everything at a discount with no limitations of what they can do with it, except for maybe the token. 
So there is incentive for a guild to hype up the game so the token becomes more valuable than what they bought it at. However, a lot of those times too, they're buying that token at, you know, 10 cents on the dollar. So if they have any decent coin release with, say, 10,000 users on the platform right at the time and everyone's in play to earn hysteria, that guild's making a 10x plus they probably own assets they bought at 50, 60% discount or for free that those have no restriction of when they can sell or how many they can sell. They can now two, three, four, five, 10X on those. And you just have this money printing pool where they could probably do that. If they go into 10 games, I'm going to guess seven, they can do that in. And maybe only one makes it again of those 10, but in seven of them, they can 10X and three, maybe flop. Um, so if you look at some of those, the YGGs, you know, Loot Squad's kind of getting in that realm. RPD's getting in that realm. Avocado Guild, um, Perion, like there's, there's, there's so many you don't even necessarily know all of them, but um, they're going to be the big winners right now for sure. And then I think if you look at, I hope if you look at then after year two, you start to see real ROI back to the players, the people that are actually going forward with it. And I, and I wish there was more true DAOs in the game, like almost like a true Kickstarter where like I've done some of those like Gloomhaven or Frosthaven where you pay like 100, 200 bucks for this game. And then they work on it for a year or two. It takes a long time to actually get it, but you know you own this. And unfortunately, in those situations, you only own the game. You don't own equity in the company. I wish it was now in this space. Like, hey, I could put up 0.3 ETH, put $1,000 into you, and I own that small, small percentage of the pie of equity, but I own the game studio and the game, not just one or the other. Because like, not everyone knows it with an Axie. Axie has raised from like Mark Cuban and um, A16Z and massive... Uh, contributors to Sky Mavis, but they're investing in Sky Mavis. And then through that, they get a share of AXS versus what they've created for the community. The community has AXS for the AXS DAO. And so you're going to own Axie Infinity. Sky Mavis is going to own Ronin and they're going to own their own game studio internally. Um, and they won't necessarily own Ronin because Ronin will probably be decentralized too, but they're right now the only one that owns it and really is running it. And so, um, it's just important for new people entrance into the play to earn games space to understand that. And I do really wonder how does that evolve over time and how does some of these bigger game studios, maybe like an Activision create that great game, go the DAO route, but allow other people to buy into that DAO at a, at a reasonable cost at the earlier, you know, optimistic on the platform and the game to have that kind of return that, you know, they could expect a two to 10 X at a normal game that is really successful might garner through, you know, skins or um, guns or attachments, whatever. So I want to hop in on this one idea because I literally was thinking about this this morning and I was speaking to a group that we were kind of talking about this issue of like, okay, well, we have a game that we're building, but we really want to be a studio. We need it. We know we need to have multiple tokens and there's a lot of legal that has to go into all this. We're a little confused. And I think this is the strat, right? I think in the beginning, you raise money by issuing tokens for the studio itself. And that is like a governance token for the studio where the holders can vote on what type of games that they create moving forward. And they help make decisions as far as how the studio moves forward as a DAO. And that gives the studios really good feedback and really good funding. Then for each game, they launch another token or uh, they launch a coin, like a governance token for that game. 
and that gives them then additional funding for that specific game. And based on the reception of that governance token launch, that's your really good feedback to decide if you want to keep going with it. And then from there, your next launch is the NFTs that are in that ecosystem, which is your next round of funding. And then you have your in-game currency, which can be like your third round of funding. So then you have the ability to now each game has its own funding mechanisms. And then overall, you still have the studio and the way to, to, to uh, have like this thread that goes through all of them is in addition to helping decide where the studio goes next, the people who own the governance token for the studio should get should be the first ones to have access to buy the next tokens for the next game. So they get the benefits of having like an option to to get in first and that way everybody's rewarded, everybody's aligned and everybody can work together and then they can just rinse and repeat for every new game that they go into. Yeah, that's an interesting theory. I haven't thought about how that could work out. The only downside you could run into is two things, I think, is that from the game studio, you might not, A, know how to build that game. Like, if you always build shooters, you might be like, all right, well, how do I make a tower defense game that's balanced, you know, or something like that, or like a Hearthstone or a card-based game that's balanced. So that's the only kind of weird thing there if you're, like, creating games. The other downside, the only other risk, I'd say, is, is more than a downside, is if you have a governance token to the next game so they make the first game like an axe infinity since there is a full governance token there the dao of that governance token could vote you out as the game dev and just remove you so like that's kind of thing like but this guy mavis right now is the game dev of axe infinity if blizzard wanted to come in and run axe infinity they because a dao could say hey we're done paying you as a dev team we're now going to go hire activision with our fund and our treasury so I don't know when someone's actually going to do that, but that's also going to be the most fascinating thing to happen in the space where the actual users who own the governance token and play the game every day are actually going to make the decision like, hey, we're cutting out this game studio. It has to go over here. And like, what has to happen there? Like, obviously, Sky Mavis has all the code for the game. Do they have to transfer that over to the new people? Or is it that this new studio is going to have the access to the NFTs? Then what happens to the blockchain if they're all on Ronin? But Sky maybe still is the majority holder in Ronin. How does that like bizarre? So there's a lot of things there. I still in my mind, I'm kind of processing as to how it's all going to work out. But in theory of the actual DAO and you have governance on it, like that should be a possibility. It's just I don't know the practicality behind it and uh, if or when it will actually come to fruition. But fascinating to see it come 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 out. I cannot wait to see that play out in real life because, you know, it's going to happen and they're going to be like the Web3 equivalent of corporate raiders who are going to come in and try to like take over DAOs and make a bunch of different decisions. And like there will be DAO wars for sure. And I think it's just going to be part of the grand experiment that we're running. And hopefully my hope is that it ends up being a meritocracy where the best ideas surface and the quality surfaces in the long run. Because that, to me, is the vehicle for how we get better games and how we have more fun and, uh, you know, yeah, just I a think, better environment. I think the only other pause on that is Americans, especially, we're greedy. Um, most of us are. And I don't, I don't know if you're American or not. I'm just going to, I'm assuming. I am. Okay. So uh, we're naturally greedy. And I think corporations are naturally greedy. 
And the only problem I have is in the short term, right now especially, and I'm going to say again for the next two years, there is so much easy money that could be made that I don't think the best game or ideas, et cetera, are actually going to come to fruition um, because a lot of them are going to say, well, I can make a 10X in two years that I've never made in my entire life as a corporation, (laughs) or I can plan for a 20-year roadmap or a 10-year roadmap that might make me a 50X. It's like, I'm going to take the 10X in two years and then we'll figure it out from there kind of move. Um, and so I, I hope that doesn't happen because I do agree. I think that the best games, the best ideas should be the ones that really rise to the top and, um, you know, kind of create the whole ecosystem as to what the future is going to be. Um, but time will definitely have to tell on that. For sure. Well, I want to, uh, I know we've been, we're over time and we've been going on for an hour here. So I just want to, uh, wrap up here um, and just say I'm very appreciative of the time you have shared thus far. Um, if you could give us one last piece of of alpha, of hopium, something we can cling to as we uh, end this week of crypto, what would that be? Well, specifically on, on crypto gaming, um, there's right now less than 3 million gamers into crypto gaming, but there are tens and hundreds of millions of players that play video games every day. And so if you're in the 1%, if you're here right now, you're in the 1% of people that are actually investing and playing NFT or even play to earn games. And I'm going to say NFT gaming too, because I think honestly, one of the best models is going to be the the free to play game, like a Fortnite. You still pay Epic $10 for their skin, but now you own your skin. You didn't have to do a loot box. You didn't have to do a random draw. You didn't have to do anything crazy. You just have to just go spend 10 bucks, but you now own your actual skin that you can do whatever you want. And ideally, there is some clarification for how many they're going to make, mint, whatever, um, that really allows you to do to, to use those as a trading mechanism for as long as that game survives. And so I think that right now you're in the 1%. Take your time in this space in gaming. Find the things that you really like and the games you really want to play. Right now, there's a lot of fun, like, oh, Axie's and fun. Then fine, don't, don't invest in Axie. I'm not telling you should. Crypto Unicorn's coming out. I like them. Galaxy Fight Club's coming out. I'm interested in them. I own one of the NFTs. Um, we'll see if it ends up coming, how the game launches and you know tests through. But there's going to be, again, about one game a week that comes out, I think, in 2023 is my number. Um, and I'd love to have another conversation, like in a year especially, and see if that starts to come true. Um, but yeah, I think you'll start to see that trend. There'll be so many opportunities to find a new game. It's just going to take time and it's going to take you to identify what you really like, read the white paper, talk to the roadmap, um, talk to the dev team, go in the discord and really ask the tough questions. And if you get the right answers, then go in. And I think you'll, I would, I think you'll be happy with the rewards you can potentially gain by being early to one of those projects and not just following everyone else. And, and an example of that would be Alluvium. Like Alluvium is so hyped right now. The ROI has got to be hard because it's so hyped. Um, and so if you're, if you're if you're already in that way hype stage, the ROI is probably going to be a little cut down. And that's something that you just have to be kind of practical with as you as you move forward based on people that are there um, and the volume of hype around it. So I'm I'm ultra I'm ultra bullish on what play to earn game is going to going to become in the future. And I, I, I think there's every game is going to become a part of it in some way that an NFT will be involved in every game that we play from probably 2025 on agreed 
Dave, you're the man. Appreciate you. And uh, thank you for taking the time. I would absolutely love to have that conversation in a year or even sooner. Whenever you want to come on the show, just let me know. You're always welcome. Uh, best of luck with the fund. And uh, yeah, you're the man. Everybody watching and listening, thank you. I'll see you all on the next episode. Take care. Thanks, man. Peace. Thank you.